Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. Bonjour, konnichiwa, hola, utentek, and what's poppin'? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I'm your host Zay, and as always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Tell him what's up, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we got a hell of a show in store for you today. News and notes that you can use, the 2022 QB tiers, and some serious, I would say, arguments and differences of opinions as far as some of these tiers are concerned. While at the same time, I don't know if it's quite as far off as we may think it is. With that being said, if you're looking for us on our socials, Facebook group is the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on Instagram fantasy football fiend and on twitter at fantasy underscore fiend if you're looking for promos advertisements anything of that nature fantasy football fiend at gmail f-e-i-n fiend let's go ahead and hop right into your news and now your fantasy news all right, so one domino has fallen as far as this offseason drama with quarterbacks is concerned, and we now know where one Mr. Baker Mayfield is going to end up playing football. So it looks like, according to the Carolina Panthers, that Baker Mayfield will be in competition with Sam Darnold. I don't know how much of a competition this is going to be, or if this is just for face value. But the Panthers acquired Baker Mayfield from the Browns on Wednesday. And he's, in my opinion, already the starting quarterback as long as he doesn't screw it up. How do you guys feel about where Baker ended up? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I don't feel anywhere about it. I don't think it really catapult anybody far as fantasy-wise, in my opinion. I am interested to see how this quarterback competition goes because I know from the outside it looked like Baker maybe is the better quarterback, but in practice, hey, who knows how this person is going to show up versus someone that's already have a rapport with the offense and the wide receivers. Sam Donna can right. Sam Donna can very well look better than him in practice. So who that's knows true. how this thing's actually going to turn out? So if we hearing that Sam Donna beat him out, I really wouldn't be surprised to be honest with you. And also hmm. Baker's coming off an injury, a surgery. So who knows? I don't care for either one of them. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Darnold still wins it, honestly. So both know. of you guys think that Sam Darnold has better than a puncher's chance to win this job. Yeah, I, I think when for you sure. look at it, just real quick um, to touch on it, it was uh, he did a lot of Aaron throws. He, he was horrible. He was doo-doo. But also, too, a lot of it really kind of plays to, you know, everybody around him. Losing McCaffrey was big for the offense. Like Joe Brady true, couldn't true. build anything around him after they lost McCaffrey. 
and you know everybody just collapsed the pocket on him and let him just you know try to beat him with his arm and he couldn't do that honestly with what they was running i mean that that's a great point i mean he did start the season actually with more rushing touchdowns as a quarterback than any other quarterback in the league and then mccaffrey went down soon after mccaffrey went down he had a little ticky tack injury and then that injury kind of exacerbated itself into something more so i mean i mean good point i mean i, I don't think that the panthers would have gone through the trouble of working this deal to not play him so i i do believe that it's maybe a 60 40 type of a deal but i can see the avenue in which if sam Darnold, the best version of himself shows up that he could definitely make the panthers think twice about what they have i saw an article where it was the current oc was basically giving all the points of why he wouldn't want baker mayfield this was like a, a couple years ago in, in 2020 he was pointing out all the reasons why he wouldn't want baker mayfield as a quarterback and now they're kind of resurfacing as far as his stature his throwing ability his ability to get the ball downfield accurately all these different things that were said so it, it's going to be interesting um it's several people on that team that have kind of openly talked trash about the guy and now he may be running the ship so i'm interested to see how that works out Stand in the quarterback vein, we have Jameis Winston who sheds his knee brace. So I know we saw Winston on the field kind of looking a little wobbly, look, looking a little, you know, less than 100% healthy, but it looks like he is trending in the right direction. Um, there was a video showing him throwing without the left knee brace, and he didn't have quite as much of a pronounced limp as he had previously in the offseason. Looks like Winston is trending in the right direction contract dispute that came up this week that is kind of interesting because i was on the opposite end of this spectrum but the way it's coming out it looks like uh one mr deontay johnson may be the odd man out of, with the steelers based on them not wanting to pay him what he may be worth on the open market so when scary terry got his 70 million dollar extension the steelers promptly came out and indicated that they wouldn't offer Deontay Johnson anything close to that. And basically, they're in a situation now where it seems like it's a good possibility that it may be the Claypool and Pickens show versus the bad decision-making Claypool being the one out the door. When they when they um, drafted Pickens, I figured that he was going to be Claypool's replacement. But if they don't pay Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson may very well be out the door and there are plenty of teams that would pay him what washington paid scary terry to be a part of their organization so i'm, Amanda, not, surprised. I'm not surprised by this because this is the steal away this you is know, true everybody talking about the steal away as far as their running back situation as far as being the the bell cow uh, organization but this is the steal away as far as how they do their wide receivers i take you back santonia holmes then mike wallace came around Nope. Antonio Brown came around. Martavius Bryant was supposed to be one of those guys, but then he got moved. Like one guy always replaces the other. So this is no different. I mean, is Deontay coming up now? They're going to move him and let Claypool do that. And then eventually they'll be another guy. Like it's what they've been doing for years. Usually when that one guy comes up, they'll go with the younger guy or the cheaper guy. They'll pay him and then let him go. Because remember, when Antonio Brown first got that first contract, it was a surprise to a lot of people because Mike Wallace was seemed like he was the better receiver at the time. But they rolled the money over to, to Antonio Brown. Then we see what we got out of him. Roll him out and gave it a juju. Like, it's just been something they've been doing for years. It's just a steal away. 
Yeah, I agree with those sentiments, but I think now will be an opportunity. If we talk about somebody wanting to win, the Packers have a big need at wide receiver. I don't know what it would cost. Ooh, but I'm telling you, right I like now, it. Deontay Johnson, like if you look at what he does against man and zone coverage, this kid is a, a phenomenal talent. I just think, honestly, he needs the quarterback to get him there. He's a quarterback away from being a top five receiver. Staying with the Steelers, we have Najee Harris. They're kind of conflicting stories coming out, right? So I saw something that came from Mike Tomlin saying that basically he's going to be our barrel cow and there ain't really no bones about it. Then Harris came out himself saying that he doesn't expect or he hopes that he doesn't get quite as much of a workload in this upcoming season as to kind of, you know, spell himself. He was one of the most utilized players in the game in general, uh, both both in passing and in rushing. So I, I think, Vander, you addressed something like this earlier where it was like, okay, he'll end up having 20 less touches. You know, whoop de doo right. One and a half <laughs> less touches per week. Right. But Remember, 60 less on the year. Right. So, but yeah. And it's funny that that interview came out after I said that, and he's like, nah, he's going right, to right. like, see what I'm saying? So uh, when I look at this, all I see is him having less practice reps. Okay. He, he oh, won't practice on Tuesday like, or Wednesday. He'd probably practice on Thursday. That's all. So the same thing they were talking about Christian McCaffrey with, with right. Carolina. They were That's talking all. about changing up his. Okay. I got That's you. That's it. I got you. I mean, but Benny Snell, don't don't count on it. You know what I mean? He didn't show enough last season or in times, you know, in years past where he can, when given the opportunity, he can take it and run with it. Now, if they had someone behind him like a, a Ramondre Stevenson or or maybe a Ernest Johnson, someone like that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, they may spare him a lot more, you know what I'm saying? But nah, Benny Snell hasn't shown me anything that that really saying, hey, let's give this guy a little bit more carries or touches. No, he's no Tony Pollard. He's none of those type of guys. So nah, he's gonna get all the carries. Chase Edmonds is now the favorite for the lead role down in Miami. It looks like he's going to be handling the majority of the touches amongst the Miami backfield. Does that make you feel any better about him, Joe? No. I mean, you, when you pay somebody that kind of money, you kind of expect him to take on that kind of role. True. Um, follow the money. But, you know, I think, honestly, it's too many backs that does the same thing. No, I don't think they keep Ahmad or it might be the role, like the end of the role for uh, get the Galvin. Or what's that guy name? I forgot the kid name. Gaskin. There we go. It might be the end of the role for him. But it is a lot of value in that backfield. Depending on how it look out, he might be a good steal for somebody who get him potentially. That's made. what I was about to say. I don't see why somebody don't trade for that guy. Yeah. Him I, and Salvin Ahmed. Yeah, it's a good steal for, nonetheless. I think, honestly, Chase Edmonds is a great talent at back. But it's kind of tricky when you see all of them do the exact same thing. Who's going to truly be a factor in that offense? Maybe they're looking at the war of attrition and, and they're looking at the fact that pretty much every guy they have gets nicked up. And with 18 games, maybe you need guys that do the same thing so the truck can keep on rolling whenever one of them fall off it. that That's kind of what I'm getting out of Miami. But Chase will be the first man up to see how long he can go and how much he can do. And they'll work other guys in. I'm staying with running backs. Ramondre Stevenson over there in New England is in line for a key role in year two. It looks like he and Harris are going to be doing the heavy lifting with the rookies kind of spelling them here and there. I kind of believe that this backfield is going to be just as tricky as it normally is. James White's still there. This is likely his last year there in that role. They have a rookie who kind of does exactly what he does. And I think he's going to kind of mentor him for a year, get him ready to rock. And then the thing is with Ramondre Stevenson, he's kind of now in the same position that Harris was in prior. If you remember the same thing that Bill Belichick did with Stevenson, you know, put him in the doghouse of fumbling that first game, 
that's the exact same thing that happened with Harris. And then the following year, Harris kind of broke out, even though he still had issues here and there. I think what's going to happen this year is we're going to kind of have a testing year to see if we have everything in the backfield to let go of Harris, because he's definitely going to command more on the open market than what Bill Belichick is going to be willing to pay him, especially that we have six capable running backs now on the roster. Vander, what you got on this New England backfield and specifically Stevenson? I feel the same way I feel every year about Patriots running backs. Don't do it. Don't pay attention (laughs) to the news. Don't listen to anything they say, because I've seen... LeGarrette Blunt have three touchdowns and then get benched the next week. You know what I mean? Like, this is Bill Belichick we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> whoever, whoever is best for the next week's game plan Correct. is going to get the start, no matter what you did this week. Correct. So when I see this news, that's what I think of when I think about the Patriots. I mean, think about it. Harris, his contract is up, I believe. He's coming up soon. Used up this year and then shipped out the next year. Because I think about the Patriots, definitely, they drafted a lot of guys. Like you said, they got like how many running backs on roster? Six. They drafted a few rookies this past year. They drafted two. Right. And Stevenson is young and Harris is young. These are young guys. Yep. And you drafted Harris's two. contract is up this year, by the way. Cool. This year. Okay. So there you go. So this probably be his last go around anyway. You know what okay, I mean? So it's- you brought up something that I kind of want to touch on real quick because this could change value one way or the other. Do you think it's going to be a use Harris up because he's leaving? Or do you think it's going to be opportunity to show what you got to make sure you're the next man up for Stevenson? How do you think that ends up breaking down? No, I'm going to go with the first first thing you said. Okay. So that makes Harris then a value. If you look at the production that he's had and you look Mm -hmm. at where he's going in drafts, it's a huge mismatch. So that's a huge value there. If you're correct in that, they're going to use them up before they ship them out. Right. I mean, he's 25 years old. So he's approaching that 26-year-old, that 26 age now. He has some injuries, you know, here and there, some injuries in the past. So I, I just think they're going to go ahead, use him up this year, and that's it. Get Ramondre ready for next year. Because Ramondre, in my opinion, he probably started next year moving forward. And then these other two guys will be coming along. And it's just a cycle. It's, it's, I mean, it's just the Patriots, what they've always done. When have you known them to have this running back like a Ezekiel Elliott, like a Joe Mixon? I like these teams that have the same running back for years on years on years. When have you known that, them to have that? I'm thinking back, there hasn't really been. Now, the third down backs, yeah. You know, the. Uh, yeah, James the, White been there. Like the Falks I mean, and Falk. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah, they going to keep those little guys. That, yeah, that role. They'll stay forever. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But. The first two down guys, no way. Those guys go in. The Corey Dillons, the Blunts, the the Steven Jacksons, you know what I'm saying? Like other world, like, nah. Those guys, they it's a cycle for those. Beat writer Cam Inman says new 49ers running back coach Anthony Lynn is believed to be high on Trey Sermon, the second year RB that kind of dealt with quite a bit of injuries last year. He only handled the ball on 41 attempts as a rookie, and he watched Elijah Mitchell, who was drafted three rounds later than him. He was drafted in the third round. Mitchell was drafted in the sixth round, and Mitchell led the team in rushing. Uh, But the former head coach, Lynn, is indicating that based on what he's seeing, there's going to be a healthy competition in camp. Um, He's saying right now, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson, and then there's an additional rookie that came along um, this year. They're all in camp kind of vying. Right now, Elijah Mitchell is definitely on top, but um, we're going to kind of see how the rest of the running backs kind of hash out. But what do you got on Sermon? I know that that's your team. 
team. So I don't know if you've seen anything or if you've heard anything going on there. Uh, nah, um, right now, I think they have uh, Jeff Wilson is the number two guy on the depth chart, even though it seems like he's uh, a roster bubble kind of guy for some reason. So it's, it's kind of conflicting. How many running backs they normally run with? It could be four. Easy. Four? You know what I mean? Four. Yeah. Um, so that would be the amount. So, okay. That makes but sense. They, they, they but they, like you say, they got the rookie. I think he's from LSU, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I forget you guys' name. Davis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's there. I, I think I think Sermon is the more talented guy there in the room, but it's something that hasn't quite clicked yet inside of him to really take over. Because I think Mitch is like a fifth-round guy. If I'm not mistaken, so he, he was six and um, Sermon was third. They were three. Okay, so and, and look but at. But I mean, when look, you're hurt, you can't get better. And, right, and, and look at but look where they come. <laughs> look at the, the the schools they came from. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. a guy from a big school, you know, blue. Yeah, Ohio blue, State. Right? I don't know so, where Mitchell came from. So I, he's definitely the more talented. I think he's the most talented in the room. Because look at Jeff Wilson. I mean, hasty. Yeah. Like these guys are not. Yeah, like, hasty. It's blue collar. The yeah, these yeah. are not like the blue blood kind of running backs now. These are right. not household names. These are guys that come from Columbia College. <laughs> All girls. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> they come from everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Midland, Midland, Midland Tech. I think Sermon is the more talented guy in the room. I just think mentally it's something going on. It hasn't quite clicked. So I think what these beat writers are seeing and what they're saying, like, yo, he's coming. He got the talent, but something hasn't quite clicked in him to transfer over. We could just take the lead role and run with the job. So I don't I don't believe he's going to run with the job. I think it's Mitchell's job to keep. But one thing about the 49ers, they, they really believe in a committee. And what I'm looking at is for where you can get Trey Sermon right now. If he's a part of a 49ers committee and he's the second or third guy based on where you can get him right now, as long as he doesn't have that injury issue and he can actually get his attempts, there's going to be value there for sure. We'll kind of see how that hashes out and camps start out in, I think, another week, if I'm not mistaken, about a week or so. So we'll see what's going on in the camps as well. And also, Hasty and Jeff Wilson aren't stranger to injury. So this thing could hash itself out just naturally to whereas he doesn't have a choice but to be the second backup. Or, or for that matter, Mitchell's had Even a couple Mitchell, injuries right. That's what I'm yeah, saying. So. so anything can happen there in that backfield for sure. But they got the guys there to, for the next man up type of mentality. It's almost the same, in my opinion, as the New England type setup, other mm-hmm. than the fact that the 49ers, they have a guy. You you can identify who their guy is, but the, the people behind them, it ends up being, okay, who's not injured this week? But the crazy thing I mean, about it, if you look at like the last, the leading rusher for like the last like four or five years, it's like all different guys. It's never the returning guy that's the leading rusher two years in a row. Like every year is a different name, a different face, a different name. It was Mostert, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a guy that keeps changing, whether it was a breeder. You see what I'm saying? It was Breeder, right. then Moster, Don Mitchell. Now, like, who's going to be next? Like, it's just a guy I mean, well, based year. on that pattern and based <laughs> on who's on the roster, it may just be Trey Sermon next up. I mean, I don't see Wilson, Wilson breaking out at this point. He's had his opportunity to wow me, and he hasn't. Maybe the rookie. I don't really know his skill set. I'm not really familiar with Davis. Uh, this kid, uh, Davis Price, I can't remember what round he went in. What? Joe, you familiar? I don't, I don't think Ryan I don't know. He went to third, yeah. He went, he went third. to third. Okay. Mm-hmm. So shit, there you go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he. I, okay. I know he went pretty high, so. Wow. There you go. You I just knew he wasn't in the th- okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He's, he's he's pretty highly touted though. He was a uh, I want to see he's an LSU kid. So yeah. maybe maybe one of these guys ends up getting traded. Well, like I said, Jeff Wilson was a guy that was is a debate whether he's gonna make that fifty three man roster. Gotcha. So okay. he might not even make the team. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Considering these are guys they probably try to stash in practice. 
practice squad or something like that. But just yeah, he may not make the team. So and then it's an undrafted guy. They got uh, Jordan Mason, another running back on the team. So it's they, just oh, wow. so they got six running backs on the on the roster right now. Yeah. Yeah, everybody ain't gonna make that. Whether 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 somebody ends up getting hurt in camp or or they gonna have to cut a couple. You you, I, I don't see them being able to run with that many running backs. Yeah, they carry four, so they probably right. That's stash, what I'm thinking. Yeah, probably try to stash two in practice squads. The younger back. guys. Well, yeah, practice squad eligible as well. We've got a few wide receivers to talk about right quick. You got Darius Slayton currently being talked about by the Giants as being someone that they could do with or without. Essentially, um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting that. It started out with Kadarius Tony being the guy that I guess was going to be the coach's example being made that, hey, it's my culture. We're going to get along or you're going to get along. So now it looks like Slayton is going to end up being the odd man out. Not sure if he's going to end up getting cut or if it's going to be a scenario where if I'm again a team like a Green Bay or somewhere like that, you know, Slayton would definitely be a welcomed addition to that particular wide receiver core. There's a couple of other wide receiver cores. If I'm Chicago with everything that's going on right now um, and to kind of touch on the other piece of news, David Moore, wide receiver in Chicago, was arrested July 4th in Texas on drugs and weapons charges. Now you have Pringle getting arrested in the offseason. You got David Moore getting arrested in the offseason. We don't know what suspensions and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, this guy's looking at possible serious legal issues, not to mention, you know, the suspension as far as the NFL is concerned so there's some openings there in chicago as well so i'm just trying to see where these roster bubble wide receivers are going to go robbie anderson another guy that openly spoke out against his now starting well could possibly be starting quarterback saying that he was hoping that he wouldn't end up being there but not more than a week and a half ago he was contemplating retirement so these are a couple of guys that are still in the news robbie anderson right now has a nagging hip injury so he may miss most of the OTAs and minicamps, so he won't get that familiarity. Vander said last week or week before last, I think it was last week, if Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina, look at Higgins as a possible um, you know, back-of-the-bench add-on because he's going to be the guy that Baker is most familiar with, and here it is that it might not even matter if he's most familiar with him because Robbie isn't even going to be on the field for most of the OTAs and minicamps. So this is going to hash out to be um, pretty interesting in, in Carolina and with these wide receivers in general. What you got there, Joe? Definitely going back to uh, the Giants situation, it's, it's going to be fairly interesting what they consider doing with Tony. I think his talent is so great that he might make it all the way to the trade deadline next week. I mean, or next year, well, this year, rather. Hopefully, you know, we can see more out of him. But then again, they also went in the draft and got his, not a carbon copy, but someone with the same upside and skill set as him. So I think it kind of shakes out a little bit differently for him. Looking at Chicago, that's really tremendously bad news with their wide receiver getting locked up. They were already kind of thin at prospects already um just having a mediocre free agency they didn't really get anyone of need so it's really heavily going to be on mooney and looking like velas jones jr to, to show for that team and then with robbie anderson i think it's a real concern he doesn't want to be there like he had the same oh, get he had the same quarterback you know with sam darnold when he had a real a breakout season with the jets and then we seen what happened this that's year. true i forgot about that used as a decoy so i think both of them is in the fucking doghouse him and baker 
maybe maybe that's why he was saying like his sentiment wasn't necessarily that Baker was going to be so bad, but that his guy is Sam Darnold, and he know he has succeeded with him before, and he don't want to start all over with a guy that couldn't help OBJ succeed. Maybe I mean that that's kind of how I mean I, I don't know. It's six and one and a half a dozen in the other, but I think Baker is is he's he's better than Darnold. He played hurt last year. I'll give him that, but he's better than Darnold at the end of the day. We're gonna see how that hashes out. But with that being said, that pretty much wraps up your news. Let's go ahead and break down this 2022 quarterback rank. All right, good people. Today, we are going to discuss rankings and tiers of your 2022 quarterbacks. First of all, let me say this. Rankings for me aren't as important as tiers. The reason for that is there are going to be some guys that you don't even have a shot at, and there are going to be some guys that maybe you shouldn't overextend yourself to go get based on there being quarterbacks still in the pool that we feel are going to be close enough to points uh, with those guys above them that you might be able to get a little bit better value with other positions and then still getting that quarterback that you uh, are still getting the numbers, although it isn't the name that you kind of saw yourself getting we're going to give you our quarterback tiers kind of compare and contrast and go from there vander i know your way of doing things in many cases can be slightly unorthodox so let's go ahead and get this party started with your first tier of quarterbacks so let us know how many quarterbacks are in your tier and then go ahead and give us what that tier is Uh, this is going to be nice short and sweet tier one for me i only have one quarterback Mm. and it's uh josh allen wow Okay. He's the only quarterback in the tier by himself. And I mean, his fantasy production has increased each year he's been in the league. This is true. And I don't see it being any different this year. So as far as my tiers in tier one, he stands alone. That's it. Joe, what you got for tier one for QB? Man, so yeah. <laughs> Something to follow, right? I told, I told you it was going to be different. I told you. I kind of did mine by kind of by fours, kind of spread it around. But my tier one, I would have to honestly, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with Vanda's approach. I mean, I wrote up a whole list from one to thirty-two, but I would put Allen in the league by himself, and then the rest of the people like jostling it out. Nope, you ain't allowed. That's okay, his tier, so not yours. What you got? If I have a tier, if I have a, I have a tier one through four. To, if that's the case, I'm gonna have a Josh Allen followed by Patrick Mahomes. I want my Justin Herbert at three, and then I'm going to close it out at my first tier with uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Okay. So our tiers are similar, but not quite the same. So I do agree that Josh Allen is by far right now, based on his rushing touchdowns, He's he gets anywhere between eight to nine rushing touchdowns. And if you're in a league where you get four points for a passing touchdown and six for rushing, you almost have a number one running back and a number two quarterback and one guy. So Josh Allen is that dude based on play style. Within that same tier for me, second up, I actually have this year Justin Herbert. Following Justin Herbert, I have Lamar Jackson. Following Lamar Jackson, I have Patrick Mahomes to round out my first tier of QBs. Patrick Mahomes, I think although Hill is gone, he's going to be a guy that can take advantage of the skill set of whomever he has the pass catching positions, including Travis Kelsey, obviously. If Clyde Edwards Alaire can stay healthy this year, he's going to get a healthy dose of passes out of the backfield. We forget that Lamar Jackson was essentially the MVP 
going into uh, like week, I want to say week 10 or whenever the last week that it was before he got hurt, he was putting up points. He, he was himself. He was the guy that we know him to be. So put on, you know, some, some muscle. He put on, I think he, like 15 pounds or something in the offseason, trying to prepare himself for this year. It's a contract year. So he's going to give everything he possibly can to basically ask Baltimore, how is it that you're not going to offer me $230 million when that's what Deshaun Watson just got and I have zero baggage and he has the entire luggage department at Walmart? So he's going to go hard for it. Justin Herbert, he was a top QB last year. People don't really understand that, um, how close he was to his relative positioning of where I have him now. But I believe that another year of maturation for him, understanding his targets, understanding the what's been um, requested of him, and also the wide receiver three and four on the team kind of leveling up being Guyton and Palmer. So I see great things going on there with the Chargers and they're not going to have a defense very much capable, barring injury, very much capable of getting them additional possessions. So that's where I am as far as my tier one. Vander, go ahead and hit with your tier two. Okay. In my tier two, there's three guys. I have Patrick Mahomes, I have Justin Herbert, and I have the the GOAT Tom Brady all in my tier three. I mean, my tier two. I only have those three guys. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, well, I mean, what do we say? Yes, he does have the loss of Hill. Even in games he didn't play with Tyreek Hill, he still was, you know, getting the job done, moving the ball up and down the field. With the addition of MVS, Juju, I think he'll still be able to move the chains. You got Justin Herbert. I think we finished second overall last year. I mean, he had nine 300-yard games last year. I think he'll just build off that season. And Tom Brady, shit. Dude threw for 5,000 yards at the age of 44. I mean, he just don't stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me I mean, ask you this about Brady. And this isn't really a question about Brady. Do you think it's going to hurt him that neither Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin are there? Because they racked up a good bit of those yards. No. And those, Gronk is gone as well. He is. But both of those guys, well, number one, Gronk was more of a blocker. Until kind of till end of the season. I mean, block, Grunt wasn't doing like crazy numbers receiving the ball as a tight end. Like, well, yeah, you, you bring up another good point. They, they lose Gronk as a blocker. They also lost Capke as a, one of their best. I think he was the right guard, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So there's another change as well that I didn't even think yeah. about until you just said that. Yeah, he was more of a blocker. So I don't, you know, AB and Godwin, they both last year wasn't really the, the best as far as health wise. I think Godwin was playing kind of banged up a lot last year. You know, he's a chain mover. I think Russell Gage is going to play a, a, a big role this year. They're looking for him to play a bigger role this year. And Tom Brady, I mean, who's who's used to more pedestrian wide receivers than him? True. This, You know I what? Mean, what he has <laughs> right now is definitely better than right. some of his the New England days. Yeah. So, I yeah. Mean, I, I, Troy I, 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 Brown, David Givens. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like, this is what he's been doing. You know what I'm saying? So, I think he'll be fine. I mean, who was who was a lot of these guys before they got to New England? Who was Wes This is true. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Troy, you're right. Uh, uh, Edelman was a damn quarterback in college. He he used to turn in uh, water into wine. <laughs> I think he'd be just fine. But this is my tier two, guys. Joe, what you got for your tier two? So, my tier two is, uh, kind of broadens up a little bit. I got a, quite a few quarterbacks. So Okay. In my tier two, I got Lamar Jackson at five. Then I got Russell Wilson. I got Stafford, Hertz, and Murray in my tier two. I really think the one that sticks out the most, honestly, and more post-appealing is Russell Wilson. He's going to be in a highly competitive division, first and foremost, having plenty of shootouts against Oakland and Kansas City and San Diego. 
he's going to have to get it done on all facets of the ball. So I think this is going to be his year. They always say, like, let Russ cook. I think this is definitely definitively the year that he has to get it done. Stafford just got a huge improvement with Allen Robertson. I think what they already did on offense, it's not going to change. It's only going to get better. And they drafted a running back with the skill sets to even catch the passes out of the backfield. And then Hurts, same thing. They, he just got more weapons. I think he's already, you know, fan, what was that, QB12, I think, last year. Now he takes that step up in the echelon. He has the potential. Let's say that. My tier two is actually pretty small in comparison. I only have three quarterbacks in tier two. I have Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. I really like the running skill set of Murray and Hurts. I think that gives them a very nice floor. I also like the fact that these guys are now going another year into the maturation. Normally, this is where we normally see quarterbacks kind of really get comfortable with their situation, with their weapons, with their playbook. And as you said, with Jalen Hurts, he's increased his weapons. Murray has a built-in kicker, if you will. What I mean by that is whatever he does weeks one through six, you can only expect him to get better throughout the rest of the season because Hopkins is coming back. Getting him a wide receiver that he was already comfortable with, with Hollywood Brown, also a wide receiver that is already comfortable with the coach. And the coach knows his capabilities, so they don't have to actually start from scratch. I think that puts him in a favorable position as far as having a baseline with his pass catchers. The other pass catchers were already there last year. I think Rondell Moore takes a step. Ertz now is going to take a step having a full offseason and everything. Also, with Joe Burrow, it's going to be more of the same. He has some top-notch wide receivers that you know can just go get the ball from one down to three, possibly four, and then Joe Mixon out of the backfield. I mean, Burrow is just going to be as safe as they come. He's going to have those top-notch games, but more importantly, I don't see him having very many low-scoring games for fantasy. So as much as we love those quarterbacks that can win us the week, it sucks when the one guy that you were depending on to put up 20 points puts up 14. So Burrow is one of those guys that if you're willing to take a quarterback that high, I think he'll be a staple for your team and you won't really have to worry about ups and downs. I think Murray will have, you know, some up weeks, some down weeks, but overall he's going to have weeks that he can kind of win you the week. The same thing with Jalen Hurts. So um, that's kind of where I am with my tier two. Vander, go ahead and hit us with your tier three. All right. The tier three is a, a little bit larger. Uh, these will be some of the names that you all guys just mentioned. I have the likes of Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. And this is why I have Lamar Jackson right here. And the reason why I have Lamar, and he's in your first, but he's in my third. Since that MVP season, we have seen a decline in Lamar. His yards passing, his touchdown passes, his interceptions has increased. The number of rushing yards have decreased. The, the average per attempt rushing has increased. I mean, decreased the number of touchdowns and fantasy points. Like, he's been going down. And I think defenses are now starting to figure him out a little bit um, when it comes to the rushing part of his game. And they're going to force this guy to really beat him with their arm. And I'm just not sold on the pass catches that he has. I know everybody have high hopes for Rashad Bateman. The, the great Mark Andrews is still there. But that's it. There's nothing else. And Bateman is cool, but let's see if he's ready for wide receiver one defenses. You know what I mean? What I mean by that is the best corner, coverage being rolled your way, things of that nature. So without that, I don't see any great pass catches there. He's like all legs at this point, in my opinion. And being that these defenses are kind of keying on him, I got to put him right here. You got Kyler Murray. His best weapon is going to be down six weeks. It's going to be a small decline there. Also, he runs the ball, but he has a better arm than someone like a Lamar. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I'm not impressed with him as a passer, of course. 
the addition of AJ Brown should help. And he has the legs as well. So I tier three is a good spot for him. I think Dak Prescott, man, the Cowboys, they tend to they've been tend to throwing the ball. The offense has changed a lot from years past where they're throwing the ball a lot more now. But Dak has been he's been consistent when it comes to fantasy. He's always right here. So he'll get it done. And Joe Burrow. I mean, this is a guy that can very well go higher because he has the weapons. He has the best offense out of like any of these quarterbacks I've talked about so far, I think, today, as far as uh, at the skill position. So, Absolutely. I mean, he's a guy, he's in tier three, but he can very well, you know, jump to the two with the uh, the skill set that he has. And um, so he, he's likely to to be from here to three, from, t- from three to two, as far as tiers, as far as just because of the weapons that he has. Are we looking at pretty much tiers one through three round out the QB1s for all of us? Well, I my mean, tier three is at nine. At nine. Okay, so there's right. so a part of tier, there's still a couple of QB1s Correct. for your tier four then. Okay. For sure. Joe, for sure. With, with your tiers, how many QB1s, and when I say QB1, just so we're all on the same page, the standard league is 12 people. So when I look at QB1, I'm looking at QBs 1 through 12. QB2 would be QBs 13 through 24. So how many QBs did you have? that are QB1s within tiers one through three? Uh, I got it at 14. I think it's- at 14. Okay, yeah. interesting. So this is the thing that, again, we want you guys to keep in mind. As far as tiers are concerned, what we're saying is we think that these guys, regardless of what their names are, are going to end up roundabout with the same amount of points. So let's say, for instance, if you can't get a Kyler Murray, but you can end up with a, Jer- a Joe Burrow or a... Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, who who you can get a little bit later, we think they're going to end up with around about the same amount of points. But to continue with our tiers, for my tier three, I have five people in it, and this goes from QB8 through QB12. Matthew Stafford starts that tier for me. Tom Brady is at number nine in that tier three. Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, Dak Prescott. The guy that's kind of bucking his way into tier three that hasn't been there, hasn't been in any tier yet, Trey Lance. Here's here's the deal with Trey Lance. With the weapons that he has and the offense that he's asking to run, you don't really have to do a whole lot. His talent makes him better than Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G wasn't asked to do a whole lot, but the adi- excuse me, the additional talents that he has that Jimmy G does not have gives him that extra solid foundation as far as fantasy is concerned. His running capability, his ability to throw the slant, his ability to throw that deep ball, as long as there is a healthy wide receiver core because the wide receiver core is a little bit shaky as long as you don't have a, a disgruntled Debo and IU takes a step we'll see what we get out of what's his name Jawan Jennings I believe it is we know what we get with Kittle you have several different running backs with the capability of catching out of the backfield which that ends up being even more of a weapon when you have a quarterback capable of rushing I look at him the same as I look at a Dak Prescott, the same as a higher ceiling than a Justin Fields and better better weapons. But Justin Fields I'll talk about in just a little bit here. It's just some of the tools that he has that as long as he doesn't get hurt, just simply playing a full season with those weapons and in that offense, I don't see how he can go wrong. Like, I, I don't. My three is uh, relatively simple, uh, 10 through 14. So I got... Brady, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, and I got Aaron Rodgers rounding out 14. 
I definitely want to spend time talking about Aaron Rodgers because I feel like a lot of people are going to lay claim to Devontae Adams. And this offense, if a lot of people don't know, Matt LaFleur, it was a benefit to having Devontae. We all know he's the best wide receiver in the league, but LaFleur is so versatile in his scheme. It, he never had that same guy, even with Tennessee, and Tennessee was remarkably well. Of course, they had Derrick Henry, but they have Dylan, and they also have a better uh, backup to him, which uh, Aaron Jones. Looking at the wide receiver core for me, of course, it's a lot in question. I see how you snuck that in there, too. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but the main thing I, I, I like to look at is that, you know, in LaFleur's offense, you don't need these miraculous guys. You got to think this guy is always going to be middle of the pack and passing. He's so Rodgers is going to have the ball pass at least 35 times a game. And that's always been the norm since under LaFleur. Um, but as far as his wide receivers, the one that really stands out for me has to be Christian Watson. And, you know, a lot. it's not to say vest in him as far as uh, fantasy. That's for another uh, conversation. But I do have to point out they gave up two second round picks for this kid. Um, so they have a lot of hopes to really utilize his skill set in the offense. And we're looking at a more mature Claypool at this point. Also, they're talking of Alan Lazard. As I well. like that comp. I like that comp a lot. Oh, yeah. And they're talking of Alan Lazard as well. And I think Alan Lazard is a great two. Amari Rodgers is going to be used as a scat back. They're going to use him on end around. They're going to move him around a ton more. So they're going to maximize all these receivers. Again, Aaron Rodgers has managed to uh, finish 10th, 3rd, and 6th the last three years. And again, that first year, he only threw for, for about, let me see, 569 attempts. So he finished off with 282 fantasy yards. And still managed to finish QB 10 2019. So, again, it, his range of outcome is pretty high. Again, it's only him. So, having to go against, you know, even his own division, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago is going to be definitely more developed. And now you can't win with just 10 games. So, we're going to have to see a lot more Rodgers. So, I definitely like him at 14 in his value. I think he's being slept on tremendously. I mean, Devontae is a, the best wide receiver in the game. But we have to look at what Matt LaFleur runs. And they never were trying to be a passing team to begin with. Vander, go ahead and hit us with your tier four. All right, my tier four, it has uh, five guys in it. A lot of these guys have been said already, I think, there in some of you all's threes. I have Matthew Stafford here. I have Aaron Rodgers here in tier four. Uh, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr. Um, so I'm at number 14 right now. And for the listeners, don't be confused, right? You got a lot of guys that's in tier three that's going to push tier two, and the same for four that's going to push tier three. So there's, it's really a small, these guys are like right near each other when it comes to these tiers. But um, this is my tier four. You got Matthew Stafford, another year working under McVay. He did wonders. You had the addition of uh, uh, Allen Robinson, who I think they're going to duplicate. He's probably not the same thing from last year. Even though 41 touchdowns would be tough to duplicate, I think he had a, uh, he has a hell of a chance to get that done. Aaron Rodgers, he's Aaron Rodgers. I know Devontae, everybody putting this big emphasis on him leaving. I can recall one game where Devontae didn't play, and he threw four touchdowns. Three of those touchdowns went to Robert Tunyon at tight end. Uh, I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to just find a way to get it done. It's, it's tricky because Joe was talking about the offense. You know, Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks that if he don't have your trust, he won't throw you the ball. So that's kind of like going to be real tricky with this, you know, with, with a guy like Devontae being gone. Like, who's going to be the guy that he trusts now moving forward? Right. So that's going to be that's interesting. That's why I was saying that Lazard yeah. might be that dude because if you look at the latter part of last season, they were lighting it up. 
So I mean, he has the best rapport, and that skill set is going to be necessary in the red zone. Right, I can, and a guy like um, Randall Cobb, I can very well see approaching double-digit touchdowns. He's not going to have no yards. Don't get it confused. He may have 500 yards for the season, 600, 600 yards, but he probably have eight, nine touchdowns. Like he's going to have one of those type of seasons. I can see Rogers probably will also depend on him also in the red zone. Even though he's not a big body, but trust. I mean, you know this how to get like, to that spot. And, he knows yeah, exactly and this is like team. one of his. I think it is his best friend. It's like one of his best friends. Yeah. So. He literally, uh, that was a part of his signing. Like, it, you, you you remember Latin, not this offseason, but past offseason. Right. Like, he was like, you know, bring in one of my guys or I'm out. And right. Cobb was the guy that he handpicked to bring in. So he definitely right. trusts that guy. So I could see him have one of those uh, James Jones not, seasons. To be clear, I'm not telling y'all to go draft Cobb. But no, no, but you remember, trust that guy. remember James Jones years ago had that season. Yeah. I think he had like nine touchdowns. And yeah. the yards might not be there, but the touchdowns are going to be high. And I think that's what kind of season we'll see from Cobb. Kirk Cousins, I love Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to push tier three. Being that, you know, last year, for the last two seasons, he threw for 35 and 33 touchdown passes in the last two seasons, right? But now he has this guy from L.A. where the offense is about to go away from that zone running scheme that they was running with, you know, with Dalvin Cook. Now it's going to be a little bit more pass happy. They're running a lot more 11 personnel now. So there's going to be three wide receivers on the field now. You know, in years past, it was only two wide receivers on the field. You had Adam Thielen. And then you have the uh, Justin Jefferson kid. Now, it's going to be a lot more three wide receivers, same as the uh, Rams were doing. So you're going to see a lot more KJ Osborne. It's going to be a lot more passing. He's, he should throw for over 600 attempts with the arm this year. And I could see him doing very well. I still think this guy's a QB1, even though he's landing at number 13 for me, which is right on the edge of 12. Uh, I still think he's going to push QB1 numbers. We have David Derek Carr. He has the weapons. That's all I can say. He got the weapons. <laughs> They're there. New uh, play caller in there. Uh, McDaniel. Should see some uh, stuff out there. And then you got Russell Wilson, man. Last year was a down year for him. Hopefully this is the beginning of a trend. He has a ton of weapons as well. A good running game behind him. Great offensive line. And I think we're going to see the return of Russell Wilson this year. I have him at like number 12 in that tier four. So those are the five quarterbacks in my tier four. All right, man. So going into my tier four, I got six quarterbacks. So I got uh, I'm gonna start it off at 15 with Trevor Lawrence. Followed up by I got a uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Tua, Matt Ryan, and Davis Mills to round out my tier four. But I'm gonna go back to uh, to Lawrence real quick. I love tremendous upside in this kid. Just like how we covered the last like our men's and stuff like that. How I laid out like Joe Lamb. I you know touched on Clint Kubiak to the Vikings, for example. Sometimes, like when you look at the, we can look at the player and we can see a horrible season, but these coaches make that much a difference. Cause we also saw with Joe Lamb, what he did for Mike, you know, Mike Williams, and also what Clint did for Justin Jefferson. Looking at Lawrence real quick, Lawrence has three. If you couldn't, if you could ask for a QB to have the best coaches to help them develop or to clear up anything, he has three of the best between his head coach Peterson, Mike McCoy as the offensive coordinator, and Jim Bob Cooter as the QB coach slash uh, passing coordinator. These guys are fucking geniuses. I get what we saw last year from Lawrence. Throw it out, forget about it, leave it to that. 
Also, on top of that, he has the second easiest schedule. If you're somebody who's playoff hopeful, or one, you know, look towards the playoff, he plays the Lions, Tennessee, Cowboys, and Jets weeks 14 through 17. Kind of knows most people they'll play all the way to 18. So he has four favorable matchups. Then two is just like, oh, well, his receivers, his receivers. This is when I go back to coaching. They're going to marry the best of both worlds and implement a ton of what he did in Clemson. And he also has the favor of having ETN. It is, they're just telling you, you know, with these receivers, you don't have to ask for much. Kirk Cousins, Marvin Jones, um, they brought in a few other guys at skill positions as well. They have the makeup to be, you know, not illustrious, but they're going to do more to spread up and devy this ball up amongst these receivers. I love his value at 15. I think it's one of the things I'm not I'm not going to take him in this. T- how can I iterate? This is where I favor him because we're doing tiers. But I'm gonna draft. I'm gonna draft him, and knowing people are gonna sleep on Trevor Lawrence, he's a humongous steal in this year's draft. I think that was Christian Kirk that you're talking about, as far as wide receiver was concerned. He has the tutelage that's necessary, and he definitely has a plethora of weapons that should make him comfortable. Although he doesn't, I don't think have top end weapons. Looking at my tier four, we're kind of in sync. Tier four for me are quarterbacks 13 through 17. Starting out that tier for me is Derek Carr, followed by Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. So the guy in this tier for me that is kind of breaking in, that has the ceiling to break in, is going to be Justin Fields. I had the opportunity to see every pass that this guy threw when he was an Ohio State Buckeye. I had the opportunity to see what he was able to do with wide receivers that weren't able to do much with other quarterbacks. Darnell Mooney has been slept on as far as his skill set is concerned. I do believe that they still need to make a move here or there as these camp cuts and things like that happen. I think there'll be an opportunity for them to bring in another wide receiver. I do like his running back core, and I like that they are attempting to specifically cater the offense to his skill set versus the last coaching staff that were basically trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. I believe that Justin Fields, kind of like with your Trey Lances of the world, with your Lamar Jacksons of the world, this guy is deceivingly fast. He gets to the outside quicker than you could imagine, but he has the skill set to continue to look downfield. He's a much better passer than a Lamar Jackson. But he has the same running acumen, the same speed. He can do the same things with his feet. I believe that as long as there is no injury or anything of that nature, if he plays the same amount of games as these other guys, he's going to be able to be up there by the end of the season. And I kind of have the same feeling that you had about Trevor Lawrence. I do have Trevor Lawrence just under fields because Lawrence can run, but there I highly doubt there'll be more than maybe two design run plays in the entire playbook form but i do believe that he's going to be able to take advantage of his situation so Derek carr cousins rogers difference in talent but huge difference as far as the pass catches that they have as well so i think that'll kind of even them out as we end up at the end of the fantasy year there was an article out there indicating that the vikings were looking at switching up their approach as far as offense is concerned and they were going completely away from run first and they were going to be a pass heavy pass first offense with that being the case the guy that's passing the ball should have a little bit of a bump and quarterback 14 for Kirk cousins is not a stretch in previous years. So the fact that now they're going to be running an offense 
if you look at it, Justin Jefferson, Osborne, Herb Smith, Thielen, all these guys are capable of taking it to the house. I mean, it's going to be interesting the way this uh, Dalvin Cook catching the ball out of the backfield, but it'll be interesting the way we see this offense overall ending ending up. But I think Kirk Cousins is uh, the same as Vander said, going to be pushing for a higher tier, much higher than where he will be drafted. Vander, go ahead and hit us with tier five. Well, this one guy, he's probably going to push tier four. Again, you have those guys at the top that can always push into the tier above them. I'm going to start off with Trey Lance. Here, I have uh, Ryan Tannehill. I have Tua Tagovailoa. I have Justin Fields. I have Trevor Lawrence here, 19, and Zach Wilson at, well, Matt Ryan I have also here. So not Zach Wilson. I'm going to go Matt Ryan at 20. Tier 5, I mean, you got Trey Lance. I don't know what else needs to be said. He's probably going to be one of my um, guys this year who I got picked to to really break a breakthrough player. He has the play caller. He has the offense. He has the offensive line. Hell, his left tackle is the first 99 rating offensive lineman on Madden. That just came out. Trent Williams. Got a good running game behind him. I mean, everything's there for him to succeed. I mean, he has the athleticism. He's going to run the ball a lot. And I have Justin Fields here. But the difference between him uh, Justin Fields and Zay, you was talking about like a Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Justin Fields is fast, but is he really a runner per se? Like, do you have the 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 mindset of a runner, the feel of a runner? He has the ability to run. He's fast, but I don't know if he has a runner mentality, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think boy that, run. trust me. But his mentality is not of like, say, I think compare him to someone like a Lamar is a little cool because Lamar have more of a running back mentality when the ball is in his hand. Okay, I got you. I understand what you're coming Vers- from. Yeah, versus like a, a Dak. A versus like a Russell. Like, yeah, these yeah, guys Dak can run. Yeah, Dak would probably be a much better – Dak would yeah. – I would, I would give you Dak All as right. a better competitor. Now, he's faster than these guys. Don't get it twisted. He's much faster. Athletic. Yeah, yeah. But here's but, the thing that we're looking at though. When you're looking at a Dak and a Russell, they don't they, they have much better weapons than than a what's in Chicago. So I'm saying he may the need for him to run is going to be greater than those guys, which is why I compared it to as in previous shows, I compared their situation to a Baltimore light. So that's why I'm comparing him for what he's going to have to do. I don't think Lamar wants to run as much as he does. He just didn't have the passing, I, huh? I think that's, Fields that's, is going to be in a similar situation. I, I feel differently. I think Fields had the more mentality of a Russ or a Dak, where these guys don't really want to run, but they run if they have to. I think that's how Justin Fields, when I look at him play, he doesn't remind me of a guy who wants to run because he's going actually going through reads. The guys that want to run, they got a one read. It ain't there. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And that's I'm, how I'm not talking about wanting to. I'm saying he's going to need to. He don't. But, he don't. but last year he needed to, and his ass didn't. That's what I'm saying. Last year was no different. He needed to run last year, but he want to sit in the pocket. He want to go through his reads and try to find an open man. Well, I think a guy like a Lamar, if the if the if the read ain't there, he's trying to figure out how to get out of here. And that's the mentality. I think it's the mental is what I'm saying. I think with Justin Fields, his mentality is not I'm getting out of here. He really want to go through progressions and see yeah, if he can find I'll an open guy. He, but he, I, I think he's if a he pass first, I'll right, give you that. I think if he took that on. He could be more like Kyler Murray, if that makes sense. Like he yeah. has that okay. kind of ability. Yeah, like, I see that. Like if he really want to be like, yo, I'm about to run. You know what I'm saying? If I think if he made up in his mind that I'm going to run the ball, he'd be crazy. You know what I'm saying? But he really want to sit back there and go through the reads if he can. 
that's the only thing about Justin Fields. But I still have him here in this tier because due to that ability, the rushing ability. I have two attack of Aloha who, I mean, hey, this is it. I mean, you got the weapons. <laughs> if you don't, hey, if you don't get it right now, my boy, Jimmy G is on the way. <laughs> go back to Hawaii and rent jet skis for the rest of your life, and start a jet ski business and just chill. You know what I'm saying with your NFL money. But he's mediocre, but he has the weapons that can make him look good. Yep. So I have uh, Ryan Tannehill here. He has back-to-back seasons with 11 rushing touchdowns. It ain't cute, but when it's on paper. It's progress. You know what I mean, he, he shows. Yeah, he, <laughs> he shows. You know, what I mean, he has. I think a lot more t- with the, the with them missing AJ Brown. I think a lot more teams gonna play in the box. He's gonna be able to do some play action. Maybe he can throw it over some people's head. Even though they don't have a lot of res- speed at receiver, he he have the opportunities to get some a lot of one play touchdowns due to everybody stacking the box trying to stop Derrick Henry. I had Trevor Lawrence here. He had a disastrous, disastrous rookie season. Twelve touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. I hear about all these coaches coming in. That's cool. But again, the talent is not there in the skill positions on the outside yet. I want to see how that translates for him. I think he's a talent. I think, you know, he was one of these guys that was highly touted. Everybody was like, he was the coming, the next Peyton Manning, the next, you know, one of those guys, but didn't really see it. Made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad throws last year. So we saw how that goes. And then I have Matt Ryan here at 20. Hell, probably got the best offensive line in football, best running back in football. I think he's a yeah. good fit. And this is a former MVP. He 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 know how to get it done, man. I think I think he's a steal right here, though, at 20. If you can get Matt Ryan this low, I think he'd be a really good uh play week to week for some guys out there. So especially being at 20 in a 12 team league, he may be a guy that can very well not quite be on the frigid list, but you can get him on one of your latter later picks. So and you could be he could be your starter. So I, I like Matt Ryan. Um and the weapons he have down there. And uh, I would like to see him get one more wide receiver if they could. But Julio was a guy they was talking about. So let's still look out for that. That would be my uh, tier five, guys. Now, before I give my tier five, I just want to point out for the listeners and for the other hosts, just in case you didn't see this yet, because I'm I'm looking at the bye weeks, right? And a lot of guys from tier four, tier five, the week 14 and week 11 bye weeks. So for me, a lot of value I find in tier four, tier five, as far as the starting quarterback, if you're looking at a two QB league, but you're really going to have to pay attention to make sure that you don't end up getting several guys that are all going to be out week 14 or that are all going to be out, you know, week 10 or whatever the case may be. So it's a little bit different that they've kind of changed things around a little bit with the addition of another game where there's some like weeks, like week six is another week where there are a lot of teams out on by and not that you want to look so far ahead. Week six really isn't that far ahead, but you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to trade one of your quarterbacks that you would have preferred to keep because all of them are going to be on by at the same time, especially if you're in a a two QB league. And when I say two QB, don't confuse that with Superflex because Superflex, you have a little bit more flexibility. Maybe you bite the bullet. Maybe there's this guy that's on your bench that you've been wishing that you can get in. And now, okay, well, I would prefer to have a quarterback, but I'm not going to make a bad trade. I'll just put that guy in. In two QB leagues, you don't have that luxury. If, if you don't have a quarterback, you have an empty spot. That, that may or may not play a part. I'm just saying that a lot of these guys are out. Weeks 14, week six, those are the worst ones. Week nine has several teams as well, though. Just be careful with that. My tier five, starting that tier, and this is uh, quarterback 18 through quarterback 25. It's a little bit of a larger tier for me. Starting that tier is Matt Ryan, followed by Tua Tungvaloa, Ryan Tannehill, 
followed by Matt Jones, Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz. These guys are actually guys that I would not mind starting on my team, to be honest with you. I know their quarterbacks 18 through 25, but again, as Vander alluded to earlier, don't let the, the number of the tier fool you. As far as I'm concerned, some of them may be set up to be able to outdo some of the guys in tier four. But what I'm looking at is an approximation of their ceiling and their floor, and then probably ending up somewhere right in the middle. With Matt Ryan, the only reason he's not a tier ahead is because he's one of those guys that in years past, and maybe that isn't the case this year, but his first year in a new offense, he wasn't really able to maximize his weapons or maximize the situation. Year two, he's able to jump two tiers. It has been his track record. This may be a little bit different. Um, he's never had a running back, anything close to JT, in my humble opinion. And as far as an offensive line is concerned, because he can't run, he doesn't run at all. That's another reason he's not in a higher tier right now. But because he doesn't run, having that O-line that's capable of protecting him, and not only that, but an O-line that is as good at pass pro as they are at run pro, that definitely bodes well for Matt Ryan. So, like I said, if, if everything goes well, he can easily be a tier four for me. But that's why I have him right now. Tua Tungavaloa, to echo some of the sentiments of Vander, he's in a situation now where what's your excuse? Like, either you can do it or you can't. And if you can do it, you should actually be able to excel at this point, not just not fail, if that makes sense. A fifty, a uh, five hundred season ain't gonna cut it. Like, like that's gonna lose your job. Like, you're gonna have to make a significant move in the right direction, in my opinion, for his job. For our, for at least not for him not to be on the hot seat. Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Again, I, I think with Mac Jones, he's again one of those guys that what I'm hearing out of camp as far as his work ethic, how much effort he's putting into it, the amount of effort he's put into his offseason as far as you know getting his body ready. What the, the the rapport he's making right now with his receivers, it's kind of like a rich man's Jaguars as far as the weapons are concerned. I still don't see that top, top guy, but still weapons are plentiful. It's possible that if Parker can stay healthy and we utilize him correctly, he can be a big play guy. Our tight ends are normally pretty stout. We do have a good running game, good O-line, all that kind of good stuff. So I can see Mac Jones taking the next step. The one thing I am worried about is how much change is going to come to that offense as far as play calling is concerned, because unlike some of the other guys that are in year two of the same offense and becoming more comfortable and things of that nature, things are going to be a little bit different. At least he's still on the same team and all that kind of good stuff where, you know, the head coach was kind of the overseer. So I would kind of see, I would kind of feel like Bill Belichick knows what to do for him not to take a step back, but then we don't even have a, a offensive coordinator. We have this hodgepodge of, Everyone just do a job that you've been assigned to do. So that's the only reason I don't have Mac Jones a little bit higher because I just don't know fully what to expect there. Jameis, man, Jameis has weapons, y'all. The Saints, they really truly have some weapons. And when Kamara comes back, well, we don't know how long he's going to be suspended. I mean, but when whenever he comes back, I think they'll be able to kick it into high gear. And if Winston is healthy and he can limit the interceptions, He's another one of those guys that can easily jump tiers. Um, so that's kind of where I am um, rounding out up to quarterback 25. 
So uh, my tier going from 21 to 25, I got Tannehill, Goff, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, and Mac Jones. Out of this list, I really am most um, impressed with uh, Goff for a plethora of reasons. Though he's lower than where he was last year, he finished off at QB 18. That was his first year in the system, but I think it leaves a lot to be desired. Obviously, with rankings, you kind of got to move people up and down, but he presents the most value here for me because uh, right now he's coming in with a PFF uh, rated third best offensive line. So he has the top one in the league. Last year, he played a lot without uh, DeAndre Swift and even the backup Williams last year. He also had, you know, a revolving door at wide receiver as well. And horrendous defense. So I think a lot of his numbers is kind of skewed to being thrown to the wolves, whereas this year he's getting a full complement of all his players coming back, but he's also getting some premier talent. I mean, starting off with Jameson Williams, DJ Chark, Amon Ra, of course, Hawkinson back fully healthy and not just out there as a decoy. And I think uh, Swift is is really going to compete to be one of the top backs this year. So I think, you know, you can expect more from this offense. Uh, Golf, the numbers don't speak to how well he played. You know, I had a lot of teams and uh, players in fantasy that put win against the Lions. So I got a chance to watch the games more thoroughly. This guy is doing everything you ask an NFL quarterback. It's just the, obviously the situation is down in distance relative to a horrendous defense, a high turnover defense. He just asked to do way too much in the system early on. And I think that's why they moved over to a new, a new scheme and they're looking to rebound this year. He presents definitely the most value to me, borderline QB two. And I won't be surprised if he fit, he, you know, finished even higher than I have him at 22. He could possibly, you know, climb up into that, you know, that 18 to 15 range just by the opportunities alone. Again, like don't look at, you can look at numbers, of course, because numbers is what we all look at. But go ahead and watch some of these games. You will see that he's doing everything that you would ask a quarterback to do. But, you know, unfortunately, the you know, circumstances matter, obviously. But I would take a chance on him this year for, you know, all the things he got working for him this year. You know what? I agree with you. And I'm, I'm going to revamp, um, add Jared Goff to my tier five. I'm going to put him right behind Jameis Winston ahead of Carson Wentz and ahead of Daniel Jones. And I'm also going to add Mitch Trubisky to tier five ahead of Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Vander, what you got? All right, we went to tier six, and this is from 21 to 28 for me. I have Deshaun Watson, Zach Wilson, Jerry Goff, Carson Wentz, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Daniel Jones, and Jameis Winston. <clears throat> and these guys pretty much round off my tier six. So I mean, you think that Watson is going to play this year at some point? Yeah, I think he, I think he could. I think they're trying to push for a whole season, of course. But it's I could see it being anywhere from eight to ten games, maybe six to eight games. Ten being the max for everything that's coming out. So it's kind of hard for them to like you know switch the laws and rules for him versus what's actually already in stated or right. printed. So I think he could very well play this year, maybe half the season though. So that's why I have him here at six, because even though he missed eight games, we still got to give him maybe two weeks to get acclimated. And that's already 10 games. You know what I mean? So, And let me throw this in real quick. Know your rules. Some leagues treat a suspension as IRable. So if you can have Watson stashed on your IR to finish your season and he's not costing you a (laughs) roster spot, 
if you have a shorter bench, if you have a longer bench, maybe you just treat it like it's an injury and you stash him. And like I said, at the end of the bench, but you have a guy that you know is going to, as long as you make it to the playoffs and you're crafty enough to be able to work around that, and then you have a guaranteed boost come playoff time, that's not the worst scenario to be in, but know your rules. We'll talk For about sure. that in a, in a couple of future shows as well. But go ahead, man. So real quick, though, that being said, because people are going to ask, where should they draft a guy like a Deshaun in like a two-quarterback league? Because in a one-quarterback league, hell, make him your very last pick. Because, I mean, I think he'll be yeah, there. Yeah, in a one QB league, yeah. You know I what I mean? mean? And, then, and then just sit on him. You know what I mean? But in a two-quarterback league, where do you think guys should take a, a guy like a Deshaun Watson? Other than certain very, very, very savvy players already having them watch lists, ding, 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 take note. Other than that, people are going to forget about him until or unless he pops up on their screen as one of the next possible guys to draft. And that's going to be way down the list based on where most people are putting his um, his ADP. What I would do is I would look to draft him maybe one round ahead of where he's scheduled to pop up. That's going to depend on again, what site you draft from. So you're going to have to be able to do a little bit of research as far as that's concerned. So I can't give you the round, but what I would say is whatever round they have him queued up for, you get him the round before, whatever round that ends up being. It, because that, that may end up increasing once we hear a definitive amount of games. So Again, whatever that amount, whatever that round is, wherever it ends up, draft him around ahead of that before he yeah. pops up on anyone's screen. Yeah, I have, um, like I say, Jerry Goff here. I think he finished with QB 23 last year. That's a lot of miles to feed over there. That's good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious to see how this thing plays out. I think he's cool. He, he shows some, you know, Jerry Goff, one of those guys, he'll show something great, then he'll show why they traded him. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's true. I would like to but see you know what? A lot of those games where he shows why they traded him, he ends up getting a whole lot of garbage points because he put them way behind with those two, three interceptions. So, again, know your rules. If it's minus two for an interception, when he have that three interception game, you probably just lost that week. But if it's only minus one and you're going to get all the credit for the passes and passing, I mean, for the passing yards that he gets in that fourth quarter trying to catch up, that actually may end up being an advantage. I would like to see him be more consistent. Uh, got Carson Wentz. He's he's a little inconsistent himself, uh, but hey, he's a mid-range QB too, in my opinion. You got Matt Jones. He finished QB twenty-six last season. It's not enough there for me in a one-quarterback league for me to you know. It's not enough there. I still don't like some of his uh, weapons he has in New England. Hell, like you said, he played an actual whole football game, and I don't think he threw the ball five once. times. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, so, he threw it once. He so, threw it literally once. There that go. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't like any of the weapons that they brought in for him to help him be better. Zach Wilson. Now, let's see if Zach Wilson's any good because I kind of got right. him, even though he's in his second season, he's kind of in that, that tour boat. Yep. I like, agree. can we see if you're good or not? Because we got some, you got some weapons. He's some young guys, but he has a pretty decent supporting cast in year two. Uh, the running game should be a whole lot better. Addition to uh, Corey Davis, so he'd be maybe healthy again this year. You added uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, you got some weapons over there, man. Let's see if you if it's there. You know what I mean? Let's see if you really got what they say you got. Davis Mills, he's been off the fantasy radar, but, you know, it's someone to keep your eye on a two-quarterback league. This guy has show spurts where he could do well. Daniel Jones, I think it's one of those things people want to see it to believe it. It's a new regime. We've seen him done well with Josh Allen, you know, so he got some weapons. 
The offensive line has gotten better, but this is another offensive coordinator for Daniel Jones. He's probably had a, a new one every year since he's been in the league. So I think he has. <laughs> and uh, we got what's, who, who's my last guy here? I got Jameis Winston. It's, he's the man. It's his job to lose. He do have some weapons. We don't know how long it's going to take Kamara to get back. I think he'd be better with Kamara, but I don't know if he could stand right. He could stand up until Kamara gets back. That's the scare for me with Jameis. Uh, I would love to see him with a, his full complement of weapons, but if Kamara's going for eight games, he's either, either, either A, going to be even healthy half the season, or he's playing so terribly that they do have a, a, a trusty veteran in the fold waiting. So I think if he comes out and he bonds three, four games, I think they'll make a switch real quick. I know Dalton is bought in to be the backup, but I could very well see him taking that job if Jameis is not playing well. He does have a lot of weapons. He has potential to be higher. He doesn't. He's not going to have the full cast until like half the season. Joe, what you got? Twenty six to thirty one. Because I just took it. In. I'm going to take Watson off for the. You know, just going off of who's available. I have right now Winston, Ritter, Pickett, Mayfield, Locke, and lastly Zach Wilson. I'm going to go back to Ritter. Like um, in a situation of a two quarterback, I always take three quarterbacks. This guy has tremendous upside for me that I'm going to look for, not even for Dynasty, but just literally year-round. This kid is highly capable, and I see this offense uh, under Ragone kind of go into an RPO system because they have even Mariota in tow. I know we can get displaced by the running back situation because they got Patterson and Damian Williams. Tyler Alger, I don't want to butcher his name for the listeners. His skill set is really comparable uh, to do it all kind of back. I re- he can really um, open the offense a lot and make you know the you know the usage of Cordell Patterson out of the backfield and even that slot wide receiver more valuable. And also too, they told you what kind of offense they wanted to have getting Kyle Pitts. Then you followed up with another six five guy and a Drake London, and then you bring over Brian Edwards. They know how they have to win the uh, the game to be played. But this kid is definitely pro-ready. And I think even though we didn't get the huge name this year in the draft, Ritter is a, definitely a competitor in a soft division, first and foremost. And the woes that they had on defense will be rectified this year. I like some of the majority of the additions they made. I don't see them being in the top. 15, but they'll definitely be from that, you know, 15 to 21 range as far as the defense. They're going to shape up to be a little bit more competitive, which is going to allow him to not be put, you know, exposed to situations that's not conducive of him trending in an upward fashion. But I think if somebody's looking for a steal, like like you already did your entire draft, you had to put somebody on the IR spot or whatever the conditions may be, taking Ritter is actually in your best, you know, your best bet of my personal opinion with this list. And then it's nobody else. This is a doo-doo list. I'm not really high on Jameis as most people are. You don't know what Jameis you get. And I, I noticed that with the season, he's, he, the offense was fairly inconsistent. One week, he's bombing it for 300 yards. The next, year, the next week is... 150, 170, 180. Can I can I interject with, with Jameis real quick? Go ahead. Now, the, the fact that his best wide receiver doesn't even make the starter list now doesn't play a factor in your mind. Your boy, Marquez Callaway, he, he ain't even on the field no more. He's like the fourth, fifth wide receiver now. You got Michael Thomas that's going to be back. You got Chris Olave that wasn't there. You got Jarvis Landry that wasn't there. The, the guys that he was throwing to was doo-doo. So can can we not give him a reprieve there? 
I mean, if I've been giving reprieve there, I also got to look at the the weapons he had with the Buccaneers. I mean, he was that's... putting up fantasy points with the Buccaneers. Not 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 real NFL. Different different discussion. But fantasy points. Jameis for, for for my liking, Jameis Winston has always been a value because people look at what he does for a team, which is just above average, and they don't really look at the fact that he's a fairly consistent, especially with where you can get him quarterback especially if we're looking at a two qb league if if you're talking about a single qb nah that that ain't nothing, nothing there but, but in the in two qb league we, we and also look at the fact he has a week 14 by when week six and weeks nine and week 11 come around and all of these other quarterbacks are on by great he's there plug him in no problem that, that that's kind of how i look at Winston. he was astounding i mean like in the, the, the small the small little bit we saw we saw a more decisive player we saw a player that was getting it done he threw 14 touchdowns three interceptions it's just to me i have to see it with him it's not that i don't like him we all know how i think of his offseason regimen but i just it just doesn't register for me in a position in a position where you're going to play then again, his division is soft other than Tom Brady. I just don't like him. I'm be honest. I'm just getting to the point where I just say I just personally don't like him. He does. He is going to have Michael Thomas back. He's going to have Olave. He has Landry. And to have Callaway being the fourth receiver, that's this year is a bonus compared to last year. He just throw to the fire. But it just, I don't know. It's just like with him, you don't know when he regresses, when he takes a step forward. We actually, we actually saw him in a real offense. And though he threw for, you know, five to over 5,000 yards, he also went 30 and 30. I mean, it's Bruce Aaron's offense, which leads to it being that way. But I just got to see it. He had this, I forgot how many games he started last year, but to have 1,100 yards, I think he played, I want to say eight games. I got to look at how many games he played this season. He didn't play, to play as many games and only have that much production, though he did have the 14 touchdowns, it just leaves, you know, to like want more, you know what I mean? Like to want some numbers that's alluding to him taking a step forward. To, to have so much minimal usage regardless of weapons, he still had Kamara. I mean, and no Kamara. He's going to have six games without Kamara this year, which yeah, I, I, I think I think his wide receivers are, are, are much improved, drastically improved. But his health may be the only thing that I can see kind of making him stumble. To round out the last few quarterbacks that I have here, Davis Mills, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, and Jimmy G. So the reason that I don't have – Watson on my list is because as of right now, it's looking like he may be looking at a year-long suspension. I don't know. We'll look at revamping what's what if and when we get. I think we should actually probably hear what the answer to his uh, suspension is going to be sometime this week. But I think if it's more than 10 games or if it ends up being a year, maybe Jimmy G goes over to Cleveland for a year. There isn't really anyone else out there checking for him right now seattle's made it apparent that they're gonna go give it the you know good old college try and lose on purpose so that's cool i mean but when you out there and you you know you 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 giving it all you got with the guys you got but you just don't have the talent that's not tank that's um that is what it is so i think that they're looking at one of these young quarterbacks coming out of college next year so unless san fran just says hey well you know the season's pretty long who knows what'll happen we'll keep jimmy g here that's one of the options that I, I kind of see him possibly taking. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he should have a tree on his shoulder. Most people have a chip. He should have a tree. We'll see what he does in Carolina. He should be quite a bit more motivated. We'll kind of see what that bears out. Who knows what's going to happen between Mariota and Ritter. For that matter, that may be another location if neither one of those guys are quite ready for Jimmy G to go to to kind of, you know, 
help them get through the year and then Ritter take over next year, whatever the case may be. These are guys that you're kind of just grabbing as maybe a, if you run with four QBs in a two QB league or a super flex league, these are one of the guys that you get, you know, maybe one of your guys that you picked a little bit higher is a little bit more wanted by someone in the league that, you know, something went awry with their quarterback or somebody got hurt, whatever the case may be. And you just need to have another backup that, that that'll end up being your third guy. And maybe they ended up being a little bit better than what you thought, but it gives you a little bit more flexibility in leagues where more quarterbacks are required, especially if you're looking at like a 12 team and you're in a two quarterback or a super flex. A lot of times those guys, you can end up trading for based on where you drafted them because no one was really checking for them. You might be able to later on in the year trade for a a piece, whether it be a wide receiver, running back, tight end, due to the necessity of someone else having to have a quarterback and being a little desperate. So those are just a couple of tips and tricks as far as those specific leagues are concerned. Well, I have my tier seven has uh, four guys in it. (laughs) Well, it has no the tier is bigger. It has more guys, but if you're talking about just the top thirty. 32, uh, because my tier six ended at 28. But I can go over 29 through 32. Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Mitchell Trubisky, and Geno Smith. I forgot all about Geno. Uh, he looks like he's going to be the starter. So, yeah, he, he does belong in that tier. Yeah, so, he would round out 32. He, he'd and, be just ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. That doesn't look like he's going to have a job. Right and like now. you said, also, this tier be guys, like you said, uh, who's also maybe going to be fighting for jobs, uh, well, fighting for starting jobs, guys that could very well be starters by the end of the year. If you are in a deep uh, two-quarterback league, these would be guys that may be on your bench. You know, guys like a Drew Locke, a Kenny Pickett, Andy Dalton, you know what I'm saying? Jacoby Brissett, because he could very well be yeah. a starter for half the season. So True. you're going to see a lot of those guys here, even a Tyler Huntley, maybe waiting for an injury, like a Lamar Jackson injury. We see what he done as a starter. So this would be that lane where you would see guys that you wait for an injury or either these guys that could very well be starters by end year, uh, year's end. But uh, real quick, man, Mariota, he's here. He has rushing ability. Um, yeah. He lacks the weapons, but, I mean, he's familiar with the offense. And only because of his legs, I give him a nod here. Baker Mayfield, we didn't spoke enough about that. <laughs> uh, now, Mitchell Trubisky, he's here, but this is a guy I think could be actually pretty good. I, I don't really think he could push tier six. Why would he be this low if you think he could be good? What's, what's be- going to be his downfall? The only reason he's here because he was in a – look like he's going to be the guy. But he was a guy that was in maybe Kenny Pickett. You know what I mean? Maybe him, maybe Kenny Pickett. So that's the only reason I had him in this tier because it could possibly be a quarterback competition. Gotcha. Even, though, even though it seems that he's going to be the guy. So that's why I would say I would catapult him into the tier six. But the only reason he's here because he could have been in a competition in the spring. That's the only reason I had him here. But I think he's – I I like. I actually like Mitchell Trubisky. He's a guy that I got in the dynasty league for nothing. Uh I like his talent, and he got some talented guys around him. I mean, his pass catches are hell. They, they're pretty much second to none if you think about it. I mean, he's up there with the Joe Burrows and the uh, David Carrs and and the Kirk Cousins of the world. You just talk about pass catches. I mean, he got Deontay. He got Claypool. He got some of the young guys, the rookies we haven't seen in them play yet, but they're promising. Pickens, you got Najee fire, you got fire, Ruth. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah, Najee, like, yeah. So he has some weapons, you know what I mean? So he can 
as long as he's not turning the ball over, I think he can he can be a quarterback too. I really think he has quarterback two. That'll be his ceiling. He has that potential with the weapons he has. And he's sneakily athletic. He can also run as well. Don't run much, but he can he can take off. And that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. Next week, we are going to be doing our wide receiver tiers. That and we may end up breaking that up into two shows due to the amount of wide receivers. We'll kind of see how that goes. But our next week will be wide receiver tiers, followed by running back tiers, and then the type in tiers. So make sure that you are taking note of how these guys kind of break down because when you start drafting and people get to the part of the draft where when they really didn't pay attention in the offseason that they're just picking names that they heard from years past you'll be able to get the guys that are really going to present much more value based on where you can get them and other people not even realizing what they're picking over hope you guys have a great week we out